welcome to the un- as yet unnamed podcast. I'm your host Amanda. This is your co-host Joel. Hey. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be telling you the story. Joel is here for comedic relief. I'm here to ask questions. (laughs) Comedian really then background statements. All right. uh, So the first, I don't know, case, story, what have you, that I'm going to talk about is a case that I've actually been kind of obsessed with ever since I heard it on Crime Junkies uh, back when I was working in an actual place and we all were listening to this podcast. So shout out to Crime Junkies. Those ladies are great. You should definitely listen to them too. Uh, and today I'm going to talk about Bryceless Pizza, who went missing under some extremely weird and unusual circumstances in, uh, 2013 in California. And I'm going to go ahead and give you some background on that. Maybe we can, we can figure this out. All right. Oh, gosh, I'm freaking four pages into my thing here. Okay. All right. So Bryceless Pizza was born on April 30th. (laughs) 1994, he was the only child of Karen and Michael. He was born in Springfield, Illinois, and graduated in 2012 from Naperville Center High School near Chicago, Illinois. Uh, By all accounts, he was a normal student. Uh, Doesn't seem to be, you know, great, doesn't seem to be terrible, somewhere in the middle, had friends, was popular. He was an average C guy. He, He was your average high school student. From my understanding. Uh, so after he graduated, his family moved to Laguna Niguel in California. In Southern California. I've never been to California ever, so I'm going to have to give you guys like vague details on where all this stuff is. If you've also never been to California, Laguna Niguel is in Southern California. It is near LA. What is that name? Laguna Niguel. Laguna Niguel. Laguna, Laguna, Laguna. Yeah. So Waiting for something to pop out of the mirror. <laughs> Yep, so Laguna Niguel is in Southern California. It's between San Diego and Los Angeles, if that means anything to you. It doesn't to me, because I've never been to any of those places. Uh, But anyway, uh, Bryce decided to go to Sierra College, which is on the other side of the state, on the top. That's by Sacramento. And he was going to go for uh, graphic and industrial design. Uh... So his freshman year of college went very well. He made friends. He started dating a girl named Kim. Uh, he had a good friendship with his roommate, Sean. He got good grades. You know, everything seemed normal. He seemed happy and optimistic for his future. Everything was good. Uh, after his freshman year was over, he spent the summer back in Laguna Niguel with his parents, where, again, they say everything seemed fine. Nothing seemed amiss. He seemed like his normal, usual self. And he went back to Sierra College about two weeks before classes started. Uh, And classes started on Monday, August 26th. So he went there, you know, a couple weeks early to get ready and whatnot. Uh, Almost immediately, his girlfriend Kim and roommate slash best friend Sean noticed that Bryce was not acting like himself. Uh, In the weeks before classes started, uh, he began to drink heavily to the point where they were concerned and in college you have to consider how much that is because everybody probably drinks heavily in college i wouldn't know i didn't go to college no not really (laughs) it's a good mix it's like your high school you have your partiers you have your you know your hardcore dedicated students and you have your (laughs) mix betweens like i was where 
you go to parties, but you also study hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't go away to college, so I know. I don't know what that life is like. Uh, but uh, they noticed, especially Sean, since he lived with Sean, noticed that uh, Bryce would be drinking very heavily. Um, it was said that he could put down two handles, uh, I believe, of vodka a weekend by himself. That's a lot. <laughs> that's that's a good bit. That's a good bit. Uh, and he was also using the ADD drug, or ADHD drug. I should have looked that up. I meant to look that up. Uh, basically, it's an ADD drug. It's called Vyvanse. Uh, I should note here that he has no diagnosis of ADD or ADHD, and this drug was not in any way prescribed to him. So, there's that. Now, I'm not saying that that in and of itself is abnormal. People do it all the time. I'm not here to judge. Uh, but, you know, considering that he had no record of doing this, uh, especially that they were noticing the heavy drinking, uh, he was saying that he was using Vyvanse so that he could stay up all night and play video games, which, again, is not necessarily an abnormal thing for a teenager to do, but considering, again, that this is new, uh, everybody was a little bit concerned. So, uh, Monday, August 26th is the first day of classes. Bryce called his mom, Karen, at about 5 p.m. that afternoon, talked to her, uh, talked to her about his classes. She said that he sounded good, he sounded normal, he was happy, he said everything was great, everything was fine. Nothing weird. Tuesday, August 27th. Uh, it was not specified if this happened specifically this day or over the previous two weeks, uh, but Bryce had been giving away special gifts. He had given his prized Xbox to his roommate, Sean. Uh, he had also given diamond solitaire earrings to someone else, not sure who, just some other friend that he had that he had gotten those earrings from his mother. Which is, obviously, that's a big red flag when people start giving away their things. You know, so, you know something to look out for. Uh, he also broke up with Kim via text. Uh, he said, you'd be better off without me. Obviously, that's another red flag. That's a bit weird. Uh, and he also texted Sean um, an uncharacteristically sentimental text. Which reads, I love you, bro, seriously. You are the best person I've ever met. You saved my soul. Again, a lot of red flags. <laughs> for for a 19-year-old boy, I mean, 19-year-old man, I guess. Kid, I whatever. This this is some this is some red flags are popping up right here. Like this is some like that yeah, that's that's just, you know, completely like, so, hey, bro, what's going on? You all right? Hey, man, I, I appreciate, you know, the positive attitude, but, uh, what's going on with you, man? <laughs> yeah, Sean did text him back, like, a a serious text. I didn't uh, make a note of what exactly it was, but it was, like, he told Bryce that a lot of people loved him and that he was a good guy, too. So, he did kind of respond, he did respond to it in a, in a good way. All right. So, August 28th. The big days when things really go off the rails. So early in the day, Sean, again Bryce's roommate, very close to Bryce, calls Bryce's mom over all of this behavior. Okay, how fucked up do things have to be in college that your 19-year-old son's roommate has to call you and tell you, "Listen, Bryce is acting weird." Like, would you have called your roommate's parent in college and tell them what was going on? Probably not. <laughs> no, but. My roommate didn't go to college. <laughs> so. So. Yeah, Sean did call Bryce's mom 
in concern for Bryce. So that happened. Not sure when, but it was that day. All right. So later that day, well, actually it was later that night, Bryce calls his mom from Kim's apartment in Chico, California, which is about 85 miles or between an hour and a half and two hours away from college. I use both of those ways because I've only ever used distance and time, and apparently other people use distance and distance. Distance and distance. It freaks distance. me out. <laughs> all, right, all right. Listen, whenever somebody asks you how far away are you from something, do you tell them how the distance is, or do you tell them how far away it is in time? It's time. Apparently this is an Ohio thing. I tell them both. <laughs> But I've been places. <laughs> right. I always grew up with it in time. Yeah, I mean, it's about 45 minutes down the road. When I went to Washington, I asked somebody how far away we were from our destination, and he said, like, five miles, and I'm like, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> or, like, I don't know, 15 miles or 20, something. So it's about something. 20 minutes. Something. And I'm just like, I have no idea what to do with that information. <laughs> right. Depends on how fast you're going, too, you know? Right, exactly. So, anyway. So, he was in Kim's apartment in Chico, California, again, um, approximately 85 miles, or between an hour and a half and two hours away, uh, by a car. Uh, so, Bryce is calling his mother from his girlfriend slash ex-girlfriend's apartment because she has taken his keys and will not give them back. What he calls his mom about that, I don't know. Like, Mom, she won't give me my keys. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. I think that's a little bit weird, but you know what? Maybe they were a really close family and that's fine. I'm not here to judge, I guess. So, uh, Kim believes uh, that he is either on Vyvanse or has been drinking, or both, and thinks he's not he's not fit to drive. She does not want to give him his keys. She does not want to let him go. So, uh, Karen talks to Kim. Uh, both Karen and the father, Michael, talk to Bryce. Um, and they say they think he's okay. He doesn't sound drunk or... Impaired in any way. Um, I think he's just upset from the breakup, which is not an unreasonable assumption to make. Um, but Karen tells tells Kim to give him the keys back. Um, and during this conversation, uh, Karen asks if he wants her to fly up there. And he says no, he wants to talk to her before then because, and I quote, I have a lot to talk to you about. I think that is really important because I have no idea what it means. Nobody knows what that means. Nobody has any idea what he wanted to talk to her about, least of all her. <sighs> but they tell Kim to give him his keys, and he leaves her apartment at about 11.30 at night. Alright. So, uh, at 1 a.m., Karen has noticed a missed call from Bryce. She thinks it was just him calling to tell her that he made it back to his apartment. Uh... That is actually not true, because at 11 a.m., Karen and Michael uh, have received a voicemail from their insurance saying their beige Toyota Highlander, which is Bryce's car, called in roadside assistance in a small town called Buttonwillow, California, at 9 a.m. Now, Buttonwillow is about five and a half hours, or 346 miles, away from Chico, California. In case anybody, it's a very small town. I've looked it up. It's pretty, pretty tiny. It's pretty out in the middle of nowhere. Not a lot of cities going on. It's like a farm. Didn't even know they had farms in California. But yeah, think of your, think of like a farm town. It's a farm town in California. So not a lot going on. All right. 
So, uh, they are trying to get Bryce on the phone, but he is not answering. Uh, Karen calls Sean, the roommate, who says Bryce did not come home last night. So, they're like, okay. So, they check the credit card statements to see if he's made any purchases to kind of narrow him down. They find a receipt for gas, uh, three gallons of gas at a service station in Buttonwillow, where they, and they decide to call it, because why not? And they meet Christian, who is honestly a hero that we do not deserve, because he goes above and beyond for this family, honestly. Okay. So that that's about between 11 and noon when they're trying to get a hold of him and they can't, and they call Christian. All right, so Christian's like, okay, well, I can go check and see if he's still there where I, where I brought the gas to him. You know, I can see if I can find anything. So he goes over there, uh, and Bryce is still there. Well, it's about noon. Bryce has been sitting there uh, for about three hours. Puts Bryce on the phone, talks to Karen. I, I don't really know what the conversation was about, but he does watch Bryce drive away. Uh, Bryce does say he'll be coming home, and when he watches, you know, Bryce drive the car away. So they expect him home at about 3.30, but 3.30 comes and goes, and there is no Bryce. He is also not answering his phone. Uh, I would also like to note that Buttonwillow, California, is about 200 miles or three to four hours away, depending on traffic, which is pretty bad in L.A., from my understanding. Don't know, never been. <laughs> so between 3.30 and 6 p.m., they try to call Bryce. There's no answer. Uh, at 6 p.m., at 6 p.m. after after six hours of not reaching their son, uh, they call the Orange County Police Department to report him missing. Police were able to get to cell phone records and pinged the phone to discover that he is still in Buttonwillow, a mere eight miles down the road. He has not moved his house. Not eight miles. <sighs> the police find him in the car and they check on him. They do a field sobriety test. They search the car. They find Bryce to be normal and showing no signs of impairment or intoxication. He clearly passes the field sobriety test. He seems pleasant and normal. They don't find any drugs or alcohol in the car. Uh, Bryce says that he is just blowing off some steam. They tell him to call his mom, but he is strangely reluctant to do so. So one of the police officers physically call his mom on his phone and hand him the phone. Again, he sounds fine. Sounds fine. Doesn't sound drunk. Doesn't sound... Anything other than normal Bryce sounds totally a-okay. All right. Karen tells him to get some food, get some gas, and come home. Bryce agrees. 6 p.m. 9 p.m. Bryce should be home. Bryce is not home. Bryce is again not answering his phone. Accounts vary on this part. I've heard it said three different ways. Um, one of them is that Christian... Um, was leaving work and saw Bryce still in the same spot where he had left him and then called Karen or he saw that there was a missed call from Karen and called her back and then checked on Bryce or Karen called him again and he offered to check on Bryce. I don't know. Either way, Christian discovers Bryce, who again is still sitting in the same place in Buttonwillow at 9 p.m. in the same exact motherfucking spot. So Christian... Tells Karen, Bryce is still there. I'm going to follow him on the interstate and make sure he gets going, which he does. God bless his heart. This is a good man. It's a good man right here. 
but he follows Bryce on the interstate, follows him for like 10 minutes, makes sure Bryce is going in the direction that he is supposed to be going, and then turns around and goes back to Buttonwillow. At this time, he has been sitting in his car in Buttonwillow for more than 12 hours, moving only 8 miles. Now, we don't know how long he was there before 9 a.m., when the roads, roadside assistant, like, pinged him or whatever. It only takes five and a half hours to get there from his girlfriend's apartment. So he could have been sitting there since, like, 4 a.m. Just sitting there. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe he was sleeping. Like, that's the only thing I can think of that makes any amount of sense is maybe he was just sleeping in his car. I don't know. All right. At 1.50 in the morning, Bryce calls his mom. He is incredibly vague about his location. He will only say that he's on the interstate, I-5, and his GPS says he will be home at 3.25 a.m. Karen asks him to give him street signs or landmarks, but he will not. He will not say anything about where he is. At 2.09 a.m., he says he is getting tired and will get off the interstate, interstate so he can sleep in a suburb or a neighborhood or something. And that's the last time anybody heard from him. Or anybody spoke to him that we know of. Alright. Later that morning. Hmm. At 8 a.m. At 8 a.m. there is a knock on the door. It is not Bryce. It is the police. They found Bryce's car, a beige Toyota Highlander, at Kasaic Lake, wrecked on its side. The back windshield broken out. All of Bryce's personal items are there. His phone, his wallet, his duffel with clothes, his laptop are found in or near the vehicle. Minimal amount of blood was found in the car, indicating that he had survived the crash or all of his injuries were internal. Uh, for the record, Castaic Lake is about three hours from Laguna Nago um, and about an hour and a half from Buttonwillow. <sighs> Police arrive at the scene uh, and they search everything in that area. I will go back to that and do more on that in a bit later. There is a cell tower on the top of the mountain nearby that takes static photos uh, of the cars that go by. It takes pictures of their license plates. That's Buttonwillow. Where's the lake? It's a very pretty lake. I've looked at it. <laughs> Where the hell is the lake? There it is. It is really quite lovely. It's a very, like, mountainous, kind of sparse, nature-y area for camping and whatnot into that sort of thing. I will pretend that made sense. <laughs> if you're not into camping or into camping. Anyway, it's 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 a very beautiful lake. Okay. Um so this uh cell tower I think there's a picture of it in here but I can't find it at the moment. Um we'll take uh still photographs of pictures going by and this tower caught two separate photos of Bryce's car. One was at 2.15 in the morning, only six minutes after he told his mom he was getting off the interstate, and another at 4.29. Uh, the camera only takes pictures of cars going one way, so if he went and came back, there's no evidence of that. Um, it could be that he was just driving in circles. Um, there are a lot of little roads up there, so that is very possible. Uh, and his crashed car had been found at 5.30 a.m. when a Good Samaritan called 911. Uh, the search of Castaic Lake and surrounding areas continues for over a week. 
at day nine, they barred and set dogs. Why it took them nine days to do that? Don't know. They assumed he was still there, I guess. Uh, but the scent dogs are brought in, and they track his scent from the car to a nearby truck stop, where it ends. Absolutely no, no sign of Bryce has been found in or around Lake Castaic or anywhere else. Uh, the car tracks indicate that he sped, as in did not attempt to apply the brakes off an embankment near the lake. It has been considered that he was attempting to drive into the lake, as it looks much closer from that area than it actually is. Uh, nothing strange or unusual or abnormal was found on his phone or on his laptop, such as calls or texts or anything of that nature, other than, you know, the ones he was sending to Kim and his friend. And that's it. That's it. That's the whole story. They tracked him to the truck stop, and that was it. Nobody knows why. Nobody knows where he is. Nobody knows where he went. Um, there are a few theories about it. Um, that he could have suffered some kind of uh, psychotic break. That the, the Vivance itself indicated some kind of psychotic break. Um, that he was for some reason suicidal or that he just wanted to leave his life. For whatever reason only known to him at this time. Um, he could have suffered, like, a brain injury in the crash, although that really doesn't say anything for his behavior leading up to it. So he could have, you know, gotten amnesia or something and just walked away. Don't know why. And again, it doesn't really explain, you know, why he was being so weird before that. Um, I don't know. Nobody knows. Or if they know, they're not saying. Um, I believe he was picked up by a trucker. Why that trucker hasn't come forward, I don't know. Maybe he killed him. I don't know. That's it. That's the story. Um, there have been several leads, quote-unquote, where they think they have found him, but it has turned out not to be him. Um, he is very distinctive looking. If you, you Google his name, he comes right up. He's got very bright, like, orange hair. Like, orange, orange hair. Um, bright blue eyes. Um, his ears are pierced. He's got a tattoo of a bull on his left shoulder with Roman numerals of his birthday. Uh, he was 19 when he went missing. He would be 27 now, almost 28 at the end of the month. And if you know anything, uh, you can call 949-292-4400. I am also going to look up the uh, suicide hotline number because there's some, some suicide tones in here. We're just going to throw that out there. Hotline. All right. Oh, it also has chat. That's so nice. So yeah, the suicide hotline is 800-273-8255. So if you notice a friend or a loved one acting really weird, like giving their things away, that's a big red flag. And not just like, you know, hey, I'm cleaning up my house giveaway. Like, right, like important you, things. You, you know this is important to them and they just give it to you. Right. So there's that. I don't know. It's a mystery. What was he doing in Buttonwillow all that time? Now, you said they found his car mm -hmm. at the lake. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember. Was it upside down? Sideways. Sideways. So he definitely... I think it 
rolled or tumbled yeah, over. Yeah, he landed on the, the driver's side, I think. If I'm remembering the pictures correctly. I don't know. Which, what, what's your favorite theory? Um, I mean, I have a super, I have a crazy wild out there theory that has absolutely no substantiated evidence. Alright. <laughs> throw it out there. We're not scared. Uh, Alright. See, I don't know. The more research I've done on this case, like, the less I like that theory. But something clearly happened to Bryce at the end of his summer. Because he was fine all summer, according to his parents. And then two weeks before school starts, shit goes downhill real fast. So something extremely abrupt happened at that point. Or his parents are lying. I don't know. Uh, again, there have been there have been rumors that uh, Bryce was drinking heavily in high school. I don't know. Can't say one way or the other. Um, his parents say that he wasn't drinking when he was there for the summer, but going to be drinking underage, you're not going to be doing it in front of your parents, maybe? Depends then, on your parents, Depends on I your guess. parents. Like, then again, I did, but, you know, it's, could be, I don't know. But something, something happened. That's, that's the thing. Something happened. I think that's very clear that something happened to Bryce. At the end of his summer... in between when school started. Right. So, I mean, so we got him going through his, because he was in his second year of college, right? Yes, he just started his sophomore year. So, we got his whole first year, which went along okay. Yeah, it was totally fine. And then he gets back, and he's this mess. Right. And he stayed at home yes. for the summer. Yes. I don't know, maybe he killed a man. Couldn't <laughs> live with it. I mean, that is my theory, that he, he had a some kind of full-on, I know what you did last summer, and, like, accidentally killed somebody and couldn't take the guilt. Couldn't like, bear wanted Wanted to talk to his mom, like, wanted help, but, like, in the end he couldn't do it. He couldn't live with it. And then he didn't die, and he's like, well, maybe I don't want to die, but I still can't face this thing that I've done, so I'm just going to walk out of my life. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. See, like, my, my, my hole in that theory is if that was the case where, like, he was trying and he failed, you, you would eventually fall back on the people who care for you, whether it be a girlfriend, right? you know, or your mother, parents, or whatever. And, and you wouldn't tell them why, but you'd be a mess. Yeah. So, I, I can slightly agree with, like, part of your theory. Right. But it's the after fact. What happened at the lake. Right. For me. Like, it, it comes down to... We saw the car. It flipped. However the heck it flipped. So and, there's... And, and um, like, I, I don't like how it doesn't get into the details of the car. 
because like you can't tell if there was somebody else there. Car, interesting. Or if another car was involved. Right. Because there's that huge hill there, and right. anything could have happened. Because yeah, so the camera doesn't quite catch it. So because there's like an there's like a road up here, and then there's like an embankment. Right. Very steep embankment. So he drove off, and then rolled down, landed on this road down here, right. like a boat access road. Like I, I don't I don't remember if yeah, in the video the car is on like, sideways. Like if it shows him like turning to go off, or if he was just going straight and went off. Yeah, because it's remember. like it's a really sharp turn around that curve. Right. It's like almost like a forty-five degree angle. It's very sharp. So. So you could have gone straight off, instead of taking that turn. So, he could have been still completely exhausted from not sleeping. Right, and there's that. Finally, finally got exasperated, fell asleep right there because he was lost and confused and just went off. And then woke up hours later and was like, I gotta get to my mom's. And then something else happened along the way. Right. He could have died from exfoliation in the woods. He could have... Many different things could have happened. I mean... As of this moment, they have found nothing, no sign of him in the woods or the lake. They've dragged the lake like ten times. Well, of course. I mean, but you're half out of it. You're hurting because you just right. flipped over in a car and you took like a six-hour nap. <laughs> also, another weird possible scenario would be is after the accident, he got amnesia. Right. Now he's walking around. He gets picked up by somebody or he's right. living in a homeless embankment because he doesn't know where he's at, who he is. And by this point, it's been so long, you might think what he looks like in the picture. Right. But I mean, time, starvation, and outdoor weathering can age, age, you, age you and, you know, make you seem like not the person who you were. Right. I mean, overall, it's a huge mystery. Right. Drives me crazy. And, why, and the, the other thing is, why didn't his parents just go to Button Willow? Right, like... I hate that. Like, diving a little bit deeper and getting the timeline where they were just like, okay, come home, and he was like, okay, I'm on my way, and then he didn't show up when they thought he would, and then he's still there. How many times of that are you going to wait? I think after, like, when they... At noon when they found him... And they expected him home at 3.30, and then he didn't show up at 3.30, and they waited until 6 o'clock to call the police. All right. Just at, go. At, at, at that point, once I got, like, the ping from the cell phone or whatever, and he was still there. Right. Okay, apparently you haven't slept. Something's up. I'm coming down to you. Right. All right, you stay there. I'll come to you. I wouldn't even say I'm coming to you. Because right. I don't want you to run. Because at this point, something's wrong where right. you're not coming to us. Right. So, you know, and the wonderful guy, what's his name? Christian. Christian. Bless his heart. Like, if I would have talked to him, I would have been like, hey, I'm going to give you my number. If he moves, call my cell immediately. I need to know which way he went because I am on my way down. Do right. not let him know, but I'm on my way down. Right. 
where at that point have the officers, I don't care what they say. No, he sounds fine. Well, they can't legally do anything. He's an adult. They can't hold him. He has done nothing wrong. He's just sitting there. No. It's not illegal to sit there. No, but they can call paramedics. <sighs> okay. And the parents can indict him because he is still a college student. I guess. So he's still technically dependent. Yeah. He's technically an adult. Yes. So they're a little bit limited the, on what they can do. But the paramedics still could go out there and perform a... And if they deem him not in the right mind, they can take him in. Right. And that, that could be also on, you know, many different orders because mental health laws are weird. Because, like, let, let's say you, you're not acting right, right? I'm a what now? You're not acting right, right? Sure. You're, you're, you're off your clock. You're, 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 you know, <laughs> you're, you're doing weird stuff. I can take you and have you admitted. Yeah. You can't release yourself without my authorization. Ugh. What? Yeah, husbands used to do that all the time. Right. And it's like... (laughs) It's like, shouldn't that be up between the patient and the doctor after that? Nope. It's like, no. I still... She's still not right. Yeah. Fix her. Mm Mm-hmm. But in the same aspect, you could do the same to me. Yeah. So it, it comes down to a very wish-washy world when it gets to that. And I feel bad for anybody that has to go through those forced right. ones. Right. You know? Um, I will say they are slowly getting better about, you know, seeing and... Connecting the dots between victim and victor. <laughs> but, anyway, back to the case. Um, I mean, that's that's it. That's the whole case. Nobody knows. Nobody I knows. Hope, I hope someday we find him alive. It would be nice. That, 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 that's the best outcome. Worst outcome? I buried him. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the, the general consensus is that he is just missing on purpose. I think he's either missing on purpose or he went missing on purpose and was murdered. Not and God knows I where. Mean, he could be anywhere. I mean, you're you're in, you're in Lower California, mid to Lower California. Right. Mexico's not that far away, That's man. That's true. That's true. Go over there disappear and be like, "Hey, Pablo." <laughs> yeah, but you can't understand that man is gingery. Like that that is a true ginger in every sense of the word. All right, so we're talking about a bleach character now. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He'll stand out. People stand out everywhere. They have hair dye. Fair. He'd have to. His hair's orange, like literally orange. He could shave his head. Or he could shave his head. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think he went missing on purpose. I don't know why. I do not know. I don't know. Um. I would love to, to talk to Sean or Kim and see what they have to say. Maybe his friends from high school. Maybe there's a big piece of the story that we're missing. I think the way his parents handled it was a little bit weird. But you know what? Hindsight is twenty twenty, and everybody does things differently. Mm-hmm. Personally, um, 
if I've got... I've got a phone call from his best friend slash roommate. Uh, I've got him calling from his girlfriend's house because she took his keys. It is the two people closest to him in this place at this time. Telling yeah, see, telling her I, that he's not right. I, I would have been gone already. Like Right. So, like... Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So that's now, it. in the report, did it say that he only talked to the... They, they, everybody only talked to the mother, right? That's generally how it reads, although uh, the father was more present, I think, than it makes it sound. I don't know. Because all I've ever heard, like, listening to the podcast and whatnot is that Karen did all the talking, but... Pun hmm. not intended, I guess, but... Uh, there's a very good documentary on Disappeared, which covers it, and his father at least says he was more involved, but it does seem to be Karen taking a lot of the uh, initiative. Hmm. I could be wrong. That's just what was said. Interesting. I don't know what that means, because it means anything. Oh, it is worth noting that uh, Michael is actually his stepfather. Forgot to mention that. I don't know if that's but um, he has uh, been Bryce's father figure for most of, of his life. So, hmm, wonder if he found his real dad. Huh? Oh, that's an interesting thought. I don't know. I don't think I ever found anything about his dad, like his real dad. Well, of course not. They're both in hiding. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Found out he's a lichen and oh my turned God. into a werewolf, and was like, "No, I killed a man." Oh my lord. His dad found him. Oh. Anyway. Alrighty. Alrighty. That's it. That's the story. Thank you, guys. Don't you forget to uh, like subscribe. And subscribe and whatever. If you have else. any interesting insights or hot takes, please let me know. I love hot takes. Alrighty. Alright, stay tuned for our next episode. Uh, not strictly a missing persons case, but oh boy, it will blow your mind out your ear holes. Because that's what it did to me, and I can't believe I've never heard it before. So, stick around. No, she's got me wondering what the heck it is. Well, you'll find out next episode. <laughs>